Hello and welcome to another podcast. I am Coach Mark Manila from ESL, businessenglishexpert.com and initial-impact.com. I hope you're doing well and having a great day, evening or afternoon, wherever you are in the world. This is the great thing about my job that I love. It's not a job, it's a life. Because I'm passionate about you all and I really want you all to succeed. If this was just a job, I don't think I'd carry on through some of the illnesses I've had of late. And, you know, it's all about doing what you love in life. So I hope you're doing whatever you love in life. And if you're not, what can we do to try and fix that? I hope we can perhaps try to help you work through some of your challenges to find a life that you really enjoy living. So today, I want to chat with you about something that you won't probably find a lot in any grammar books, um, English courses online. You probably didn't get taught this at school either. Um, you know, look, much of what you get taught um, when it comes to learning English is useful, but how helpful is it in everyday life? And recently I had a client and he's just uh, relocated. He's immigrated to Australia and he had some huge problems they had to deal with when he got there. Firstly, there was a problem with the rental property that they had arranged. And then they had a problem with the actual uh, shower in the property that had a big leak. There was a plumbing issue in the bathroom. Um, and then very sadly for them, they also had a bit of a car accident. Luckily, everybody was okay. The car was a bit of a, a bit of a mess, shall we say? Yeah, it was damaged, a bit of a mess. So listen to these words and take notes, okay? So something's a bit of a mess means, yeah, it was damaged, it was messed up, kind of something went wrong, all right? So maybe you'd say the project was a bit of a mess. The car was a bit of a mess. My hair's a bit of a mess. <laughs> if I had any hair left, I'd be happy. <laughs> Right, okay, but you get what I'm saying. So a bit of a mess can be useful for a lot of things. But yeah, so they had a few issues to say the least. The problem was that his English, while excellent, he's a doctor, okay, um, it wasn't really going to help him too much when it came to these sorts of situations. He was very good at professional business English, but when it came to actually expressing some problems, reporting the issue, and then disagreeing, this is the problem, disagreeing with people, he got stuck. Luckily, we got him fixed and sorted out. So let's help you today so you never get stuck in that situation. Hopefully, you'll never end up in that particular circumstance. But at times in life, we have to disagree with people, right? We can't always agree. We can't always say that we love everything. We just say, yes, that's fine and no problem at all. Sometimes we have to disagree. So how do we disagree? I mean, just think about it. If you're in a meeting and you disagree with one of your colleagues, what do you say? Okay, or do you just sit there and nod or just say nothing at all because you don't know how to disagree properly and it frustrates the life out of you because you don't necessarily agree with everything, but how do you construct what you want to say? So let's give you some thoughts and techniques and tips that you can use. And if you love any of these, please subscribe to my newsletter because you're going to get a lot more of these into your inbox that I don't do here. Furthermore, you can sign up to my academy, which costs you less than the price of a cup of coffee a day. So it's a brilliant investment. Get loads of IELTS, OET, and English as a second language support resources is there. Also, a monthly webinar with myself live. It's a great opportunity to ask me anything you like. We can really go through everything together. Also, please, if this sounds like it's helping you or other things I'm doing is assisting you, then consider buying me a cup of coffee. The link is down below. You can do that. You can buy me as many cups as you like, all right? You can decide how many cups you want to buy me, and it's really going to help me make a huge difference to all of you, hopefully worldwide, as well as provide free coaching for those who can't afford it. So, yeah, let's go back to this. Um, what happens is you want to be able to say you disagree. So if somebody says something that you don't like, you could say, oh, can I, can I just interrupt you there, Mark? 
um, whilst I take your point, so listen to this, whilst I take your point, or I can see what you mean, um, I feel that, and then you say, what is your counterpoint of view? So you might say, can I just interrupt you there? Um, you could say, whilst I understand what you're saying, I take your point, I see what you mean, okay? And then don't say, but. There's a reason why I don't say, but. If you say, I see what you mean, but, what does it do? If I said to you, oh, nice to see you today, that's a great t-shirt you're wearing, but, immediately you're thinking what? Most of you will probably said you're thinking like, but what's wrong? What's he gonna say next? You're not remembering I've just complimented you on the t-shirt, right? So you forget the first part of the statement and in neurolinguistic terms, that's not good. We want people to understand that we have remembered and acknowledged and accepted their point of view. And we also have a contrary point of view we want to make. So we use the word and, and it feels really weird at first because we're so used to saying however or but or yet. So we might say, okay, Mark, I can see your point of view, but I disagree, or however I disagree, yet I disagree. Right? And that is a problem because you've just basically um, cancelled out what you've just said. You haven't said, I see their point of view. You haven't respected them. So in order to do that, you change it slightly. You say, well, Mark, I see your point of view. I understand what you mean. And then you make your suggestion. And I think we could try a different approach as well. So if you decide maybe you're disagreeing with um, them wanting to lay off some staff members at the moment, sadly, there's lots of layoffs happening. And if that's happening to you and you need coaching support for an interview, whether you're a speaker of English as a native language or second language, get in touch with me. I can help you in a 30-minute free session. Um, then basically, you can say, right, Mark, I see what you're saying. Um, and I think there's a better approach to this. Perhaps we don't lay off all the staff and we look to other cost-saving measures, okay? So this is what you do. You would just make your other counter suggestion, okay? Um, if somebody tells you, let's take a situation like, okay, the property, right? You've got a shower, right? And it's leaking and it's flooding the bathroom, okay? How do you, how do you speak to the landlord or the management company and put your case forward? So let's say you've called them, you've reported there's a leak, and they say they can't get a plumber out for you for another three days. You've got to wait with a shower like that okay for three days so what do you do right do you just say okay fine right or do you just say that's awful but that's really abrupt right as well so this is what you'd say you'd say okay three days right respectfully we can't wait three days okay there's water leaking everywhere it's coming through the ceiling and we can't switch off the water and not have a shower for three days that's atrocious so uh, what are our other options so if you listen to the words I've used there, you're being quite forceful because you have to be. You don't want to get messed around, and this will happen a lot, trust me. Um, I used to be in the property business, and um, sadly, um, you know, no longer working in that particular area, but uh, thankfully in many ways, perhaps not, uh, not so much of a hassle, shall we say, because we used to supply a lot of services um, for properties where there were issues like that. And oftentimes, and it can happen, where landlords would not want to fix things quite as quickly as the tenants needed um, and therefore it used to cause a bit of a problem so 
when you think about it, we want you to be quite forceful to get your point heard so that that landlord or that management company does not mess you and your family around in that property. If you're living overseas, sometimes, not always, people can take advantage of you because they know that you are not a native of the country. It's bad, it's wrong, but it happens. So I want to help you so that doesn't happen to you and you don't get exploited. So you need to be able to express yourself in your dissatisfaction. So you just say respectfully. So when you say respectfully, or you might say with all due respect, it means I am respecting you. I'm not like uh, disrespecting you, but I'm going to say something that's going to disagree or be quite direct. So you're giving them a heads up. You're showing them due respect. So with all respect, with all due respect, respectfully, um, whilst I hear what you're saying, we can't wait three days without a shower, without a working shower. That's not suitable. So what are our other options? So you're not just saying, so what are you going to do about it or do something about it? You're saying, what are our other options? Now, listen to those phrases. This is psychological uh, wording, not just teaching you words. Um, if you say to someone, what are you going to do about it? You're making it all their problem. Right? If you say to somebody, what, what can we do about it? What will we do about it? What are our options? You are involving you and them as a team, hopefully showing that you want to work with them, you want to get on with them well, and how are you going to work together as a team to resolve this? So it's really helpful for you in business to try to use that phrasing. What can we do about this? How can we improve our team? Not how can you improve your team's performance? So if you're a manager and you're working with a team leader and their team's not performing, you're saying, well, what are you going to do about it? You might want to say, okay, so Mark, um, the team isn't performing as well as we'd like. It seems you're having a few challenges. What can we do together to improve that? What support do you need so that we can get the team working well? So you can hear that wording, right? And using we really helps bring people together still, not to split people up or force them into a, a binary, a polar position. Because when you do that, a polarized position, like I've got the right way, you've got the wrong way, you set up a fight, you set up a conflict. And we don't want to do that. We always want to teach you how to, well, de-escalate a conflict. Bear in mind, if you're working with someone who's narcissistic or kind of toxic, they may love conflict. So no matter what you do, they will try and escalate it further. Those types of people, there's a whole other conversation about that. But you need to really distance yourself from or just try to minimize the amount of contact you have with them because you're never going to get anywhere. Seriously, they will just they would argue with an empty room. That's a good expression. If someone will argue with an empty room or they would have a fight, <laughs> would have a fight with a paper bag, which basically means anything that they can do to just go on and on and on and on and on. OK, so you're never going to win with somebody like that. So you best just leave them into it. All right. Just let leave them alone. Um, but easier said than done. That's a good expression. Easier said than done. It means, yeah, just what I said. Easier for me to say it than to actually do it. But you don't deserve to be in those types of situations. None of us do. So look, um, try to use some of those wordings. Um, that's just a bit of a short blast for some ways you can express your disagreement. So you say respectfully from my point of view, you know, um, and then use and rather than but or however. Okay, so you can try to then keep it in their mind that you did respect what they said. You're not negating that at all. If this sounds of interest to you, remember, I do far more in my masterclasses. What I'm doing here on the podcast are just small parts of what I do in a much bigger way over many, many weeks and sessions. Okay, so this is a taster of the type of the things that we would do if we were trying to help you to express a different point of view or to contest something. Maybe that's a good expression. So if this has been of help, 
consider signing up, get a free 30 minutes with me and have a chat with me. Also, you can follow all of my different links down below to help you to a range of goodies that you can, uh, you can use to support yourself. Take care, spread the word about the podcast and stay safe. I'll see you soon. And sorry to interrupt at the very end here. Just before I go, I would like to say a big thank you to all of you who listen to the podcast. Thank you for making it such a great show it is. I would like to also request something else. If you have found anything that I share with you here of help and benefit to you and would like to support my free podcast to continue remaining free for you, please do consider donating via the link below. You can find it, buy me a coffee, and it enables me to continue doing these podcasts and also supporting those of you who cannot afford high-level coaching. It really does make a difference, and thank you in advance. Stay safe and keep going.